Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Yeah, good evening and welcome to the Big Red Bench. It's Colm O'Sullivan and Tomás O'Leary with you until 7 o'clock this evening on a busy, busy weekend of sport. Rugby is back for the first time in five months. Professional rugby returns in Ireland with the biggest game possible at the Aviva Stadium tonight. Munster take on Leinster. We'll hear from Peter Romani. We'll hear from Ronan O'Gara. And Tomás is here next to me. We'll hear from him too. Also talking Cork City last night. Another disappointing defeat for City. 3-1 they were beaten up in Derry. We'll hear from City manager Neil Fenn on that game. Also, we've ladies football. We're going to hear from Cove Ramblers boss Stuart Ashton ahead of their match tonight. Also, Douglas Hall in action. We're going to hear from them. And Katie Taylor um, speaking ahead of her fight tonight as well. It's all to come between now and seven here on the Big Red Bench. Yeah, good evening. As I said, it's Colm O'Sullivan and the returning Tommaso Leary. He's back after a few months break. We gave you a bit of time off or COVID gave you a bit of time off, Tomas, but you're back with us and uh, great to have you back. Yeah, it's great to be back. Um, yeah, COVID has kind of scuppered my uh, burgeoning sports <laughs> broadcasting career so I had to reconsider um, a career but look it's great to be back in here with you now good stuff and we're delighted to have you back Tomas and you're back for a big day of rugby and it's been so strange that obviously all sports shut down but rugby is only coming back now really in the, in the last couple of weeks and um, I suppose like it'll, it'll be great for guys just to get back in action tonight absolutely you know from a playing point of view the players are mad to get back playing so keen you know, there's only so much training you can do especially when you're limited to 30, 40 guys together and you kind of have practice games or whatever. So the players are, are really keen to get back involved and obviously you couldn't pick a better game then than, than playing Leinster up in, in, in Lansdowne Road or the Aviva Stadium. So, um, and then just from public point of view or supporters, you know, you're going out in the in the park chatting to the lads and you're saying, oh, what's the crack? And there's nothing really to talk about, but now at least you can <laughs> chat. Problem, yeah, you can <laughs> chat about rugby or, or gar or whatever, but... Um, you know, a massive game to come back. Um, it will be probably a bit strange seeing it in an empty stadium. Um, so hopefully, you know, it'll be a good game. And, um, I think probably, um, Leinster, just because, you know, they're so used to each other's, um, um, skills and each other's little mannerisms and, and probably communication on the pitch. Whereas Munster, obviously, with their two new signings coming in, very exciting time. But it's going to take a bit of betting in time for them and we need to be patient with them. But, you know, they might hit the ground running and Munster might turn Leinster over this evening. Hopefully they do. We'll talk more about that game very, very shortly in depth with Tomás. We're also going to hear, as I said, from Peter Romani and Dave Mack was speaking to Ronan O'Gara during the week. So we'll play you that interview a little bit later on as well. Also, Cork City in action last night. Another defeat. We'll hear from Neil Fenn. We've ladies football co-ramblers, as I said. Douglas Hall and Katie Taylor in action tonight as well. But uh, loads of stuff going on. So Tomás is going to wrap it all up for us. Irish professional rugby returns for the first time in nearly five months this evening. Leinster face Munster behind closed doors at the Aviva Stadium. New signings R.G. Sinman and Damien Delande will make their debuts for Munster, while Jack Conan will start for Leinster for the first time since May of last year. Kickoff there is at 7.35. Earlier, the Scarlets defeated the Cardiff Blues 32 points to 12. While last night in the Pro 14, Zebra beat Benetton. 17-13. In ladies football, the intermediate semi-finals took place today. Glanmire have booked their place in the final with a 4-13 to 2-8 win over Dunamore. And while tonight, there's 6-45 throw-in for Ross Carberry uh, against Clonakilty. In the quarter-finals, Ahada face Kinsale. Bright Overs taken from Moy and St. Falves take on Airog. They're all on at 7pm. In Camogie, in the senior 
Camogie uh, Ch- Championship Sarsfields and Douglas go head to head that that threw in at 4 o'clock today and it's half time and extra time and Douglas lead by 5 points there over Sars Cover Andrews return to action this evening Short Ashton side host Longford Town at St Coleman's Park kick off there is 7pm Bohemians move 2 points behind Premier Division leader Shamrock Rovers with a 2-0 win over St Pat's and John Gill and Andrew Reynolds are taking charge of Dundalk for the trip to Sligo Rovers this evening that kicked off at 5pm and the latest is 1-0 to, to Sligo. Ro- Robbie Keane, meanwhile, has been linked with the Dundalk job according to reports this afternoon. It'd be, no. That'd be, uh, that'd be interesting, <laughs> wouldn't it? Because I actually, we were chatting in some of our group chats the other night with the lads and I mentioned that on Twitter as well, I think I tweeted about it. Without any kind of prompting, I kind of said, I think Robbie Keane is in the mix here because yeah. he's just finished his pro licence. So he's just qualified. He wants to manage. Um, he's... He's available because Stephen Kenny didn't want him involved with the Irish setup, and he was also assistant to Jonathan Woodgate in Middlesbrough, and yeah. they were sacked. So he's looking for a job. Dundalk's owners have big pockets, they have big money, they yeah. want European success, and they could easily be lured by a big name with Robbie, like Robbie Keane, despite yeah. his lack of experience. So it'd be a very interesting one. Do you think he'd be interested? He, apparently he is. Yeah, I, I don't know whether he'd be interested. He, he must be if... I guess it'll be great experience anyway, um, irrespective of, you know, whether he wants to go on to bigger things in England eventually. Yeah. Um, just managing players, I think for the, for the, I suppose the team itself and the owners, you know, having a player like Robbie Keane. It's, or, it's a marquee name coming yeah, in, like, isn't it? You know, a status like Robbie Keane, exactly. You'd probably get, well, more bums than seats, but you can't go to matches <laughs> you can't anymore. Go at the moment. Maybe yeah. sell a few more live streams. <laughs> <Yeah>. Exactly, <laughs> a few uh, banished or jackets for sale or whatever. But, you know, if if they were kind of go down with five minutes to go, would he bring himself on now to yeah, try and make, yeah. make a winner too? He could definitely still bang in a few goals. But uh, Vinnie Perth obviously sacked um, by Dundalk on um, Thursday night after the Champions League exit. They're still in the Europa League, so maybe they're hoping if Robbie Keane or someone like that came in, they could have a bit of a Europa League run. But they're losing to Sligo at the moment, one in at half time, and their recent form hasn't been good. So whoever goes in there is going to face a tough job to get Dundalk back to the top. Yeah, it'd be great for League of Ireland soccer though if Robbie went in right. That it? would be class, in yeah. fairness. Yeah. So and locally in the Munster Senior League, Avondale United beat Middleton two one, and Douglas Hall lost by a goal to nil. Carrigaline United there with the winners. Celtic get their Scottish Premiership title defence back underway when they travelled to Dundee United this evening. Their last two top flight games were postponed after full back bowling, bowling goalie broke the rules to protect against coronavirus. Kickoff there was at 5.30 and the latest score there is nil all. Um, and Katie Taylor meanwhile meets Delphine Parsoon in the rematch of their lightweight title contest tonight. Taylor claimed Parsoon's WBC lightweight belt by majority decision in their contentious first meeting in 2019. The rematch is part of Matchroom's final night at the fight camp. Taylor is due in the ring around 9.30 and it will be followed by the main event of Dillian White and Alexander Povetkin. It's a big night of boxing. That's on Sky Box Office tonight. If anybody wants to get it, it's going to cost you 25 quid. And it's a big night for Katie Taylor. Um, how do you think she'll do tonight, Tomas? Yeah, she seems very confident. Um, and she said, even though she she won that fight, you know, obviously there was a controversy yeah. around the decision that she's basically had to live with that, like like a defeat, because she has been questioned so much whether she deserved to win it. So I think that kind of has really irked her and really kind of. So she wants to go uh, and get a comprehensive win this time, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. So I think she won't be lacking motivation. You know, the, the challenger universally are, are usually kind of has has that pep in a the step. They're trying to prove a point, but seems that Katie has that point to prove so um, you know the all the audio and, and the sound bits coming out of, the, out of her camp are, are really positive but 
um, as we say on the last fight, um, her opponent is, is a bruiser and yeah. a really tough individual. So um, it's kind of a flip of a coin one. You'd never back against Katie Taylor. Though. Yeah. She goes into every confident, every fight very confident and um, she's always up for the fight and she's a battler herself as well. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, she shows you can mix it. She's obviously one of the most skilled components of, of boxing in, in the ladies game or in, in the game of boxing in general. Um, but she, she, she doesn't, she doesn't shirk any kind of battle when it comes to, when it comes to it. So, um, I think she'll, she'll relish the, 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 the I suppose the challenge and, and the battle that goes with it. But uh, I think hopefully her skill set, her superior boxing skills will, will kind of get her the victory tonight. Fingers crossed. And we will hear briefly from Katie Taylor later on in the show towards the end of the show ahead of her big fight tonight as well. But we're going to turn our attentions to rugby first tonight. And it is the first game back for Munster and for Leinster. 7.35 kickoff this evening at the Aviva Stadium. Uh, it's a huge game obviously behind closed doors again but I think both sides will be just delighted to get back into competitive action the Munster team was named yesterday um, it'll be Munster's first game in six months and as Tomas mentioned there are two new signings uh, Damien Delande and RG Snyman are both starting on their debuts uh, Shane Daly makes his fifth start at full back in his 18th appearance for the province with Ireland internationals Andrew Conway and Keith Earls on either flank Delande is partnered in the centres by Chris Farrell with Conor Murray and JJ Hanron in the halfbacks James Cronin Niall Scanlon and Stephen Archer starting in the front row with Snyman and Billy Holland in the engine room as well and the side is completed in the back row um, of P- Captain Peter Romani, Tommy O'Donnell and CJ Standard. Um, so, like, how do you think they're going to do Tomas? Because we, we mentioned earlier on off air, we were chatting, it's the first game back and they've been training, but they haven't had any, shall we say, pre-season games or preparation games or anything like that. Like you always would, down through the years at Standard in any sport, you build up to it, you play some matches, maybe against lesser sides, maybe kind of non-competitive matches, but there's still matches and it's still game time. And you don't really get that, even if you're having training games amongst yourself, it's not the same, sure it's not. No, it's not. And I suppose traditionally you, you could have brought in other teams or even local AL teams or whatever to play against in, in training situations, which all helps. Whereas um, even bringing in academy players, I think was restricted at, at the yeah. moment. They, they they could bring in a certain amount to them, but they all had to go through the polar protocols. And then obviously... Um, you know, find out where else they were doing training work and what other teams they were training with. So they were very restricted in that act, in that, in that aspect. Um, I suppose. And then they were restricted to non-contact training for a lot of it as well. So I think that was released four or five weeks ago. So they've had to gradually up the, the contact training skills and, and, and the, the levels of contact they were doing. So I think one week they were doing something like five or six contact sessions, which is probably unheard of in the modern era, but just to build themselves up to be ready for this Leinster game. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how, I guess, the bodies hold up as well, going from, well, not zero to, to 100, but, you know, essentially the first game in, in whatever four months. Um, it's, it's very exciting to see how the, the two World Cup winners that the Munster have signed get on tonight. Um, what do you know about the two lads? What do you think? How do you think they'll do? Uh, well, look, they're, as, I suppose, World Cup winners. Uh, Snyman is an unbelievable athlete for, for, for a guy so tall as yeah. well. So obviously his line of capabilities will add a lot to the mix, you know, you know, coupling with Billy Holland and, and Peter Romani's expertise in that area. So that's probably an area they're going to attack the Leinster line out, particularly with Devin Toner on the bench and Ryan Baird, who's a 21 year old, um, academy graduate mm. coming into the, into the Leinster setup there. So that's an area they'll probably target tonight for Leinster. Um, Leinster then in, in the back row with the likes of Conan coming back in. 
uh, adding that ball carrying ability they'll probably try they're probably more of uh, I suppose a dynamic pack compared to Munster um, so that's going to be an interesting battle there maybe Munster trying to target them at set piece and Leinster will try and utilise those dynamic ball carries in, in open play and then I suppose Dale Ande in the centre you know joining up with Chris Farrell who's a man mountain as well obviously Ro- Robbie Henshaw is a big boy as well I think he's he's the same weight as Dale Ande um, and Gary Ringrose, who's just a classy player, that's going to be a fascinating it's battle tonight. A real battle, like um, this, yeah. But you probably have to, you know, say just it's probably a bit early to expect um, uh, Delande in particular with a new centre inside him and a new number ten inside him to to hit their ground running. So because com- again, they've trained together, yeah, but they haven't played together really it, in a match. The way they battle, whereas the Leinster lads' combinations there. They know each other inside out, you know, Sexton, uh, Henshaw, Ringrose, these guys, you know, they're, they're, they've been doing it for maybe seven, eight years together in international rugby as well. So that's probably the big advantage Leinster have is just the, the combinations. They're so used to each other. Um, but, you know, with the three, three month break or whatever it is, um, it kind of evens the, I think it evens it and it makes it a 50 50 game. So it's hard to call, but you probably have to err on the side of Leinster, which is with their, I suppose, their, their performance last year or this year prior to the, mm. the, the the virus and then just all those combinations having so much experience playing together. It's going to be very strange, the same as it has been for every sport with the Premier League coming back, League of Ireland. Again, they're all behind closed doors and tonight it's going to be behind closed doors in a massive stadium in the Aviva Stadium for Munster and Leinster. It's something you never really experienced in your career. Obviously, Tomás playing with Munster uh, or Ireland, you'd have always had a packed Aviva Stadium, a packed Thoman Park, uh, used to big crowds, used to great atmospheres. How do you think you'd have dealt with it? I think after after the I suppose the lack of competitive rugby, um, all the all the all the players would be just so kind of um, excited and so hungry to to play and to compete. And then you know the sight of a blue jersey, yeah. it just it does. <laughs> they don't yeah. in the crowd cheering them on. Yeah, it does. It does something. You know, it gets the the blood going, and you know the history of the the history of the you know the whole. Um, the whole fixture, um, yeah. the you know, it's a massive rivalry. So, um, and not only that, then you know, there's Irish places at stake. You know, you're you're competing against the guy who might be yeah, competing against for an Ireland jersey. So, um, but even you know, training at Munster, some of the biggest battles and and the most intense training sessions have would be against each other. Yeah. Um. So, guarantee that you know, the side of blue jersey and vice versa, the side of red jersey for the Leinster lads will ignite that competitive edge. So. I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. Um, obviously, probably watching from home, you'll, you'll kind of notice the empty stadium and they probably have the crowd noise on TV or maybe not, but I, I think it'd be lovely. We've if seen, they, we've seen yeah, the crowd noise yeah, with yeah. Um, with football and soccer. Yeah. What do you make of it? Because there's very, very differing views. Yeah, I don't I, like I'm it. still on the fence. I don't like it. I, I'd love to hear the players, you know, communicate. Yeah. Probably give fans an, uh, an insight that they won't get when crowds are back, whenever that is, but... Um, you know, especially you hear you hear the more vocal guys on the pitch as well. And look, a lot of the the talk in rugby is is kind of coded. Like there'll be different calls that that you that that you'll hear. You know, they may call a color or or a, you know a buzzword or whatever it is, and they'll they'll, they'll just go into that formation or, or do a particular move and that. And I think it's fascinating hearing that kind of talk. And you'll hear who who the generals are. You'll hear Sexton barking. You hear the scrum house barking. I think that'd be great to, to, to be able to hear that on TV. Obviously, there's probably issues around around lang- yeah, language and foul language. <laughs> you need to have something so, there. Yeah, with a yeah exactly. So, but I'd prefer to to hear the players and hear the communication between them and the referee. But look, I think 
all the TV stations have done their research and probably the, the noise is probably more of a natural feel but I actually don't know if they're going to do it tonight or not do you? I haven't a clue but yeah. I, I would assume based on most of the the, the football and, and, and soccer or whatever we've watched that it's it's and some of the rugby as well that it's going to be the, seems to have become part of Barcelona yeah, doesn't it yeah. yeah it does yeah I suppose look it's given the, the lads a bit of extra work as well <laughs> when, they, when they've no work at this stage so it's probably fair enough as well um, so you like you don't think it's going to have a massive impact on the game, do you? Overall, no, I don't. Look, obviously, it, you know the atmospheres do. You know, you look back at playing. I mean, and, there's you know, a, been some amazing yeah, atmospheres. Well, I've been at games. Yeah, you've played in so many yeah. of the Munster versus Leinster. I mean, it's last. Oh, it's the old Lansdowne Road. You know the one um, where I don't know. I forget even the year. I think it was 2006. Yeah, and it was a quarter final or semi final. Semi final. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was supposed to be well, obviously it was a it was meant to be a neutral game, but technically it was kind of Leinster at home. And but you know driving up then in the bus and all you could see is Caesar red like Munster had taken over, and then you go down to the pitch and it's three quarters or or probably more eighty percent Munster fans had got and down that's tickets on their and, territory exactly, and the atmosphere there that day was unbelievable and. You know, so any time that it's full that day, so the the crowd do add to the occasion, yeah. and they add that bit of pressure to the players. Probably the pressure of the players, really. You know, with all that kind of expectation, and, and I suppose the, the the buzz of the crowd does get you when there's a line break or when there's something or someone does something brilliant, and and you hear the reaction. It's it's cool. So you, it definitely takes from it, but. Yes, I think the players will be so focused. I think, um, I, I think you're right. I yeah. think everyone is going to be be players, fans. Everyone yeah. will be just happy to have it back, regardless. Exactly. So look, I don't know when we're ever going to get back into into stadiums <laughs> the way things are going. But uh, well, during the week in the UK, they're talking in Scotland. Nicholas Sturgeon is talking about having crowds back at uh, football matches in yeah. Scotland by the end of September. They're talking October in England. Yeah. Um, obviously socially distant smaller crowds yeah. it might be kind of a quarter of the stadium full and things there's no signs of that here yet it's actually looking the opposite way so I mean do you think we'll follow suit here as well or do you think we're going to be more cautious yeah I think uh, I think actually Edinburgh had as you said a crowd at, at their Already? Pro 14 yeah. like, like you said Nicholas Sturgeon um, permitted it um, obviously you know Murrayfield's a massive stadium and they only get X amount of fans anyway at best yeah. of times but it, that was restricted so look like it does seem that you could do it in a stadium that size that there's plenty of room to fit a few hundred or a few yeah, thousand people in. I think if, if, if there's a will, there's a way, out. definitely. You know, you, you go into a supermarket or you go into a pub when lads are drinking, having dinner and, and they're and indoors. And these places are, so. are, are busy. Yeah, exactly. You know? They are absolutely busy. So, look, I think it's it's important for, you know, the public to be able to go down to their local J pitch or soccer pitch or rugby pitch and, and watch a game and obviously be responsible and wear your mask, be... Be, be you know socially and physically distant um, stay, so, with, stay within your own groups and so yeah, on exactly so look hopefully you know people can show that you know we'll, we'll act responsibly and the government can then hand over to the public to, to act responsibly and you know in organisations like you know the RFU and the GA and the FAI will you know will kind of police it and will be I suppose um, responsible if if they get the opportunity to do it. So hopefully they will. Um, obviously it's great to see sport back. We can watch so much of it on TV, but you know all the local stuff you, you can't you can't go and watch on TV. And you'd imagine that Netflix and the government will monitor how it plays out with crowds at sport in Scotland and in England and, and act accordingly here as well. And we're going to stick with rugby for the time being, and we're going to hear now from Peter O'Mani get his views ahead of tonight's big game. Yeah, look, it's great. It's it's been a long time. It was kind of middle of January since I played for Munster, so um, I don't know how many months that is at this stage. Um, it's good to be back. It's uh, it's been a long road, um, you know, uncertain one, which is probably the most the most troubling. Um, 
you know, rugby was, or I suppose sport in general, was a long way down the the list with regard to priorities for a long time. But you know, from a, from an actual player's point of view, it's it's not something you're used to is, is uncertainty or used to having schedules and having a routine and and you know everyone was was thrown out of that. And as I said. Uh, or so the things was fairly insignificant but look it's it's certainly good to be back and um, you know there's a good buzz around the, the camp this week that we're we're able to to get into a game at the weekend How uh, big a game is this weekend in terms of Ireland selection I don't know if you're looking that far but so many fixtures coming up like is and there's a lot of jerseys up for grabs Do you, is that the way you're looking at this or are you just looking at it one game at a time well, look it's look it's it's an interpro um, it's it's the rivalry. It's you know it's everything that goes with monster Leinster game. There's nothing changes there. You know what I mean. Um, obviously, we, we haven't played in a long time. That that'll be a factor for both teams. But look, it's um, it's you know paramount. The weekend is is trying to do as well as you can for your team, and and that goes for both sides. I imagine. Just one final one there for me. Um, Ron O'Gara is saying Ron McGarr was saying there this week that um, having the likes of Snyman and Dale Linda come in would be massive for the likes of yourself, Earls, CJ, and um, and Connor because it can perhaps take the man off you at certain stages in the season where you can kind of put that extra 5% into your own game. Do you think, that, do you, is, is, do you think that, that's the case? Look, obviously. <clears throat> With all the guys we signed, they've all come from very successful backgrounds. You look at obviously Roman from Leinster, um, the, the two guys coming back off, you know, World Cup wins. Um, you know, there's there's a huge amount of of you know positives to take out of signing guys like that. Um, and we've no doubt the reason we signed them is is they want to do well and have an impact. And um, you know they've got to go and do that now. It's you know they don't have any right to to play well. They've got to go and play well themselves, and alongside the rest of us, you know that's what we're all going to be doing together is is trying to play our best rugby for Monster and and, and try and get Monster rugby winning. You know. Thanks, Peter. Yeah, look, uh, it's it's disappointing for Joey. Um, it's disappointing, you know, as a, as a, as a player and friend with him, um, you know, not to be playing alongside someone of his caliber, uh, you know, his quality of rugby. Um, but look, I'm just disappointed for him. Um, but he's he's a resilient young fella. He's he's more than capable of of getting through his rehab. It's just going to be a bit longer than he thought, and um, he's he's prepared to do what it takes to to get himself back fit. And uh, you know, we were we're all there to to give him a hand whenever he needs it and, and to back him up and, and he'll get there but um, look it's disappointing not to have him involved as, as I said the quality of player and, and the and the, the impact he brings is That's Peter Romani there talking ahead of tonight's big Munster versus Leinster game kickoff at 7.35 at the Aviva Stadium uh, we're going to talk to Ronan O'Gara here from Ronan O'Gara now because Dave Mack was chatting to Ronan O'Gara during the week about the game and O'Gara was speaking about teaming up with Guinness to celebrate the return of rugby after an unprecedented 175 day absence and they've they've come back with an exciting new food collaboration with Buju which have created two limited edition kits one for Leinster and one for Munster for the ultimate rugby at home experience 
Ireland's, the Guinness by Buju Home Kits. They actually sent me one of these during the week, Tomas, and there's a, a few cans of Guinness in it and a few burgers and things. Now, I, I don't drink Guinness myself, but I'm sure I find a good home for it, you know? I'm sure you'll have plenty, lads, calling over. <laughs> well, if, if, if they're allowed. Le- less than, how many, five or seven? Is allowed I, I, I think it's six is allowed in, in, a, in a private uh, gathering, isn't it? How many it? cans did you get? I think we have four cans. You might give, give one, yeah, four, four mates over for a pint. I, I so. should have brought one in for you. All right, I'm all right. Not, <laughs> not, not on air anyway. No, no, no. Maybe after. Um, so, yeah, we were talking to Ronan Agarra about all that. And ahead of the game, Dave Mack was getting his views on tonight's big match. I, I think the main thing is that everyone is extremely happy that rugby's back. It's back on our TV. It's peak time for uh, getting in front of the telly with your, with your family and watching a brilliant game of from the sporters' point of view, they're in the biggest game in Irish rugby. It's the game everyone looks forward to every year, and uh, fortunately for the supporters, it's the first one. So, um, I would expect it to be a really good game. I think and these guys have been training and uh, doing a lot of ball work that probably wouldn't have been allowed, obviously, unless this um, pandemic has arrived so their skill levels should be good uh, they'll be a little rusty in certain areas I suppose just in terms of um, actual just the impact of hits that probably wouldn't happen in training but nowadays coaches are really good at setting up match scenarios in training that they could be further down down the um, grass than your relays uh, and do you have a way that you see it going or do you have a sneaky suspicion of who's going to come out on top in it because a derby like does in a derby like that does does rule or does form go out the window even though it's hard to suggest there's a form of late but you know what I mean as in um, you might suggest that Leinster have had the upper hand in recent years yeah of course and that's has to be acknowledged that they've been exceptionally consistent and exceptionally uh, brilliant for a long period of time and they keep that uh, competitive edge and they have a great capacity to win big games so I think Munster will be hugely reinforced by the um, positivity that the two South African winners will bring not alone one of them will have a huge presence but the two of them one in the backs one in the forwards I think that will really add to Munster's um, back and I think uh, it will give the likes of Conor Murray and Peter Manny and Keepers a little bit more breathing space so they don't have to do the leadership roles all the time and they can concentrate a little bit in their game and if that happens maybe then the collective will be stronger because they've had a little chance to I suppose breathe a bit of new energy into their own game and if they get the individual game right the, the collective benefits every chance there then is what I take from what you're suggesting there in terms of Munster's yeah, chances I think Munster is a very very good squad this year and you need a really squad to to challenge to win Europe and Leinster obviously with people setting the pace and they have for a long time but I think these Munster the current group of players have probably had enough and they said mm. I'm just now to, to make a go of it very hard to get that win you don't have the the balls and the energy of a crowd but it's going to be like probably a mindset of a of a training session but then guys will have to realise there's been millions of people watching this game in front of the telly so it's a short time and they need to perform With any luck from a Munster perspective it'll affect Leinster more in that they'll feel in their home surrounds without the normal crowd there to go with it and Munster might uh, feel a little less pressure than they might with uh, a raucous Leinster uh, blue the crowd in attendance well you want to play in these big games and you need the crowd as well that makes those great sportsmen and women that you get challenged in the most uh, 
harshness of the environment and there's nothing better as a Munster man run up to Dublin and do the business in a game and vice versa when Leinster do it to Munster but um, a lot of these guys they play for different reasons but most of them is that they're competitors deep down and they, they like to get the best the better of their uh, their opponents and that's what essentially comes down to so we, we'll learn a lot from this coming weekend both with Ulster Connacht and Munster Leinster I'd imagine uh, and, and certainly rugby will learn a lot as to how feasible it is for this all going forward yeah well and it's not the end of the worm for Munster I think the great thing about them is that they want to be challenged for Europe next May this will uh, give them a good indicator where they are at the minute but I would think with the quality they have and the good betting in period for the South African players uh, it should um, bode well for Munster and then it's Sunday 30th back to the Aviva Munster taking on Connacht in that particular one with Leinster uh, taking on Ulster it looks like they're away but they're not it's all in the Aviva Stadium in this, in this bubble scenario well and also you're playing on the best surface in the country it's an incredible pitch and you're a good player it just rules out any excuses for underperformance when you have a you know what I mean such a good surface like you get at the it's easier to step it's easier to accelerate it's easier to do footwork it's easier to kick it's easier to run so it eliminates all the excuses and just makes uh, the cream rise to the top so Munster certainly with an opportunity so do you do you see them potentially taking a scalp um, or is, it, is that even a, an unfortunate way to phrase it no, it would be a scout because they're going up to Leinster's home parts and to beat them there would be, would be uh, huge. But I think also, more interestingly for Munster supporters, I'd say they'll have more of an eye in performance. And I think you can perform really well and maybe not take a result because you're playing against Leinster. But it could also happen that Munster perform extremely well and, and they do get the results. So uh, I think there's almost a gain from Munster on, on both fronts. That's Dave Mack talking to Munster and Ireland legend Ronan O'Gara and a former teammate of the man next to me, Tomás O'Leary, as well. Uh, Dave and Ronan there kind of saying it might be a scalp. I don't know, is that a harsh way to describe it? Like, I, I know you said you think Leinster might edge it as well, but I mean, it, it's, it's always close, surely. Yeah, look, um, I sp- Leinster definitely have been, the, I suppose, the standard bearers of, of the, the, pro, the Pro 14 recently and European, European rugby as well, along with Saracens. But uh, Munster games have always been pretty tight, I think, uh, whatever it is about Munster, Leinster, um, you know, games um, kind of bring out the best in each other, and kind of Munster have a have a pack that that can live with, with live with Leinster on their day, and you know the backline that Munster have now as well. You know the likes of Keith Earls and Andrew Conway in the wings. Hopefully the the, the centre partnership now can kind of bring them into the game a bit more, create holes for them, whether that's by either punching hard themselves and carrying hard. Um, or acting as decoys, or, or even just moving the ball white to them. So, um, yeah, look, I think it probably would be a scalp, but be, you know, because of the lockdown yeah. and because of the kind of the rust or the the lack of game time the teams have had, um, I don't think if Leinster or Munster lose this one, I don't they lose too much sleep over it. Um, but look, I think Dave Mack has, has kind of made a big burst for the big red bench there with his interview. Um, <laughs> we might see him inside the studio. Yeah. We'll we get him on yet here on the big red bench, absolutely. Uh, I think he's done it before many, many years ago at some stage. Um, now we're going to turn our attentions to football before we go to our ad break and the League of Ireland and actually an extraordinary result at the moment uh, on the cards. Sligo Rovers are 3-0 up at home to Dundalk. Dundalk struggling since they came back from the lockdown. Sacked manager Vinnie Perth 
during the week and as myself and Tomas mentioned talk of Robbie Keane possibly going in to take over as Dundalk manager but uh, they're 3-0 down to Sligo Rovers which will actually jump Sligo way up the table to fourth place um, if if and most likely when they win that game tonight and uh, it leaves Cork City quite a bit of drift at the bottom now in the bottom two um, uh, they were hoping uh, I think we were all hoping that maybe um, Sligo would uh, be beaten by Dundalk there. It's not much we do. Not often over the years we'd have wanted Dundalk to win, but I think we would have wanted him to win that game. But uh, yeah. Cork City had a bad result last night, unfortunately, losing 3-1 to Derry City. Um, there was a lot of hope that things had turned around for Cork City after the 3-0 win in the league against Sligo the previous week. But it was disappointing last night. Cork City went 1-0 up early in the first half through a goal from centre-half on loan from Arsenal. Joseph Aluwu, Big Joe, got the goal to put Cork City 1-0 up. They were 1-0 up at half-time and two goals in quick succession uh, just kind of at the start of the second second half or the early period of the second half got Derry back in the lead Derry got a late goal um, towards the end of the game to make it 3-1 and uh, not the ideal result for Cork City last night I spoke to manager Neil Fenn and got his reaction earlier on today yeah it was disappointing you know um, we knew that once we went 1-0 up that Derry were going to throw everything at us and they did and we defended really well in the first half in, in difficult conditions and then the message at half time was let's try and you know weather the storm for the next 10 or 15 minutes we knew that again they were going to throw everything at us and we thought if we could just weather the storm there for 10 or 15 minutes, then they'd leave themselves a little bit more open and we'd have a little bit more joy. But unfortunately, we conceded two poor goals from our point of view. And um, we, we, we tried to have a go at them then and try and get an equaliser, but we couldn't do it. And then they hit us on the, on the break at the end. It was a couple of moments of madness, I suppose, early in the second half that really turned the game on its head. As you said, two goals, but it was two goals in very quick succession, which really kind of just threw you off guard and totally changed the game. Yeah, they're absolutely, you know, the timing of it and, and the, from our point of view, they're really poor goals to concede. But, um, and, and, and coming so quickly after half time and it just, it rejuvenated them the first one, then they got the second one and then we had a, we had a bit of a go then. We started to play and create a few chances, but couldn't, couldn't put the ball in the net. Uh, you had a couple of the new signings playing again. Scott Fenwick was up front and Connor Simpson made his debut. What did you make of the lads' performances? Connor Simpson nearly got an equaliser to make it 2 all. Peter Cherry had to just make that save just by the by the post from the header. He nearly equalised for Yee, so almost a debut goal. But were you happy with the, the lads' performances? Yeah, I thought they played well. In the first half, it was it was a little bit back to the wall. There was a strong wind. Um, so we, and we were protecting the lead, so they didn't really have much joy going forward. I thought that in the second half, when we actually started to, to attack a bit more, then the two boys did well. They'll get better. Like, like, like you know, they haven't played in boys haven't played in months really, so um, they're a little bit behind fitness wise. But I thought they both equipped themselves well. Big Joe Joseph Alou got the goal um, in the in the early stages of the first half to give you the lead. Unfortunately, he went off injured later on. How's he now? Yeah, he's obviously struggling. He came off just before half time. It's you know we had a, we've had the boys have been doing you know they didn't do a, a whole lot of football during the lockdown. They were they were keeping fit, but not a whole lot of football. And then we had four games in in quite a short space of time. So it's taken its toll on a couple of the boys. Obviously, Kit Elliott was missing as well. Eunice was was unavailable to us as well for injury. So we are um, we are racking up a few injuries as well now, which is which is not great. It's not perfect timing, but we've got ten days now that we can get a few bodies back. Um, before we play Shamrock Rovers, I suppose on the upside injury wise, then was the return of Garrod Morrissey last night. Yeah, exactly. He's come back in now and looked really sharp when he came on. So that's a positive sign, and hopefully a few of the boys will be making their making their way back from injury. That we have a few more available for, for Rovers and try and get a few boys that are struggling with little niggles and everything now get them patched up and and go again at Rovers with a full squad. 
Rovers in the cup, but just sticking with the league for a second, Neil. I mean, it's incredibly close down everywhere from about fourth or fifth down right to the bottom. It's really, really close. There's only a few points in it. And I, I was looking at the table last night during the game, and Derry, if they at one stage, if he had won, if Cork City had won, Derry would have been down the bottom in, in the where Cork City are now in ninth. Instead, they jumped up to fourth with a win. So that shows the fine margin. Similarly, City would have jumped up a couple of places with the win as well. It shows like just a couple of wins is all you need, really. Yeah, you know when we when we had a when we had a win last week, we we, we were stressing to everybody don't get carried away because it's such a it's such a short season and points mean everything in this in this stage. And um, unfortunately, we couldn't get any points last night. Like you say, Derry was second from bottom at one stage, and but we, we you know looking at the table, we we try not to do it. I know everybody does, and mm. I'm guilty of doing it myself. But the, the most important thing is we just keep trying to keep the head up and keep trying to get wins. We we thought we were on the right track, gaining a bit of momentum. Um, even goals at this stage are quite crucial so yeah. to concede the third goal even with the last kick of the game was, was, was bitterly disappointing but like I say we've got a break now where we've got no no league game for, for a few weeks that we can just focus now on, on getting the boys back, back fit I suppose the break it probably comes at a good time in terms of getting the lads back fit but it's the cup next and it's Shamrock Rovers in the cup and that's going to be a tough tough game away in Tala but I mean you're, you're going to want a measure of revenge for the game up there earlier in the season as well I suppose yeah, exactly. I think a few of the boys are hurt um, after the game up there. That that what happened up there it was a it was a, a tough, a very tough night for a lot of them. For the first time they ever experienced anything like it. So I think a few of the boys began up there determined that that doesn't happen again. It's going to be difficult. Like you say, they've got a very good home record, very good cup record. So it's going to be a difficult one for us. But you know, we, we we've got we always got to look back on that game when we went up there earlier on in the season, and we don't want to go through that again. So I'm sure the boys will be determined to put that right. Neil, thanks a million, and we'll chat to you during the week. Pleasure, Colin. Speak soon. That's Cork City manager Neil Fenn chatting to me earlier on today after their 3-1 defeat up in Derry at the Brandywell last night in the League of Ireland. Uh, still in the uh, ongoing game uh, this afternoon. It's Sligo Rovers 3, Dundalk nil, with about 15 minutes left in that match. The other big League of Ireland story just before we go to the break, uh, breaking yesterday, was former Cork City manager John Caulfield um, back in football, Tomás, and with Galway United. Yeah, it's a it's a big one. Um, you know, obviously a, a legend in in Cork City. Absolutely. And, um, I suppose in hindsight, and when a lot of fans in foresight as well would have uh, th- thought it was a very bad decision to get rid of um, yeah. him. You know, from Cork City. I know they had a difficult start to the season, but the success he had with with Cork City and you know what he did with the the team and 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 the club was was fantastic. So it's great to see him getting an opportunity like that, and no doubt he'll do a great job with Galway. I think so. Uh, it's a huge coup for Galway United getting John Caulfield in, obviously. Uh, double winner with Cork City, uh, two cups and a league title. Um, so you could see Galway making a push for the playoffs in the first division. They're down the bottom half of the table, but there's plenty of time for them to get up along the table as well. Right on the way, we're going to talk ladies football in just a few minutes. We're also going to hear from Cove Ramblers and Douglas Hall ahead of their games this weekend. And we'll hear from Katie Taylor before 7 o'clock as well. The Big Red Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. The Big Red Bench. Yeah, welcome back to the show. It's Colm O'Sullivan and Tomas O'Leary with you until 7 o'clock this evening on the Big Red Bench. Now, we're going to very quickly turn our attention to the ladies' football because the um, intermediate semi-finals are taking place today. Earlier on, Glanmire have booked their place in the final with a 4-13 to 2-8 win over Dunamore. And the second intermediate semi-final it throws in in uh, just about five minutes' time. So very quickly before that game, we're going to hear um, from some of the people involved. It's Clonakilty and Ross Carberry going head-to-head in a big West Cork derby this evening. It's in Ross Carberry. 
Coventry as I said throwing in a few minutes time Jeremy McCarthy ahead of that game has been speaking to clown boss JJ DC OK JJ we're back again Tanakilty and Ross Carby in an intermediate county semi-final um, big build up to it big West Cork derby um, how are the squad and how have preparations gone so far? Yeah, gone very well um Excellent performance in um, in the last round against um, against Boerhaugh. Um, training has gone well. We've we've brought in a few younger players this year. It's it's worked well for us. Um, added to the experience of the older players that we have and our experience against Ross last year. We, we feel we're in a good place going into this match, and um, we're looking forward to it big time. How much of a factor is the Astros semi-final because it was so close? I know, I know it's a new year and pretty much you know, a lot of new players involved, as you said, and Ross have been going particularly well. But does last year count for much? Uh, last year was a great benchmark for us. At the start of the year, there was, um, you know, there was a lot of talk about we were in the wrong division. We should be playing junior, and um, I think we had to prove it to ourselves first that we were we were capable of competing at intermediate, and we came very, very close to making a final. Uh, at the end of the year, we were only a point off Ross Cavalry. We have improved from that last year, but we're also well aware that Ross have improved as well. And last year's match was a, was, a, was a cracking game, and there was nothing in it. And I don't think there'll be much in it either this this, this weekend. Um, you played particularly well despite losing to Glenmire, and then you got put in a serious second half shift against our Glen Desmond's way. So you've been steadily improving. Um, you'll need another gear, though. You know that you need another gear to beat Ross. Yeah, we do. We need an, another gear. Um, this is this is Ross territory this part of the championship the semi-final final they're a very experienced team you know they're well organised they're well disciplined they don't give away too many frees um, so we will have to we will be, have to be at our best if we're to get any chance of getting to a final um, it's a real bonus though for especially for the younger players in your squad and it's quite a big squad to, to sample a big game atmosphere like this and to be one step away from a county final because these are the kind of games that you train all year for yeah, it's, it's huge. It's a huge, um, uh, huge experience for, for the younger players to be playing at this level, you know. Some of them are, were, were part of last year's team to win to the under 16 county final and, and like it's an awful step up, um, a huge step from, from under 16 to intermediate. But no, we're pleased with the progress. Um, we're pleased with how they've blended into the way we're trying to play football this year. You know, we're trying to develop a style of football and we've brought any in for, you know, for coaching and, 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 um, you know, we're trying to develop them as players, as individuals and, that is Clon Boss JJ DC Clonakelty and Russ Carberry going head to head, uh, throwing there in just about two minutes' time in a West Cork derby in the uh, ladies' football intermediate semi-finals this evening. That game is down in Ross Carberry. Um, now we're going to turn our attentions to football again, and uh, Cove Ramblers will be looking to make it two wins from two this week. Stuart Ashton's team they host Longford Town going into the game on the back of a great one actually for Cove on Tuesday night. A morale boosting four 0 win over Wexford down in St Coleman's Park. Rory was down in St Coleman's Park at the game the other night and he spoke to Stuart Ashton after that about the win and about facing Longford tonight as well again we've we've said look we have to keep believing what we're doing uh, you know we got praise for performances uh, up in Cabo but it meant for nothing because we didn't get results so we had to believe in what we were doing we were right and tonight thankfully it showed again that we you know for, for nearly all the game here we were the better side um, playing good football and tonight um, we took the chances. I think even when we went in at half time, it could have still been another two or three more goals in that. So 
Um, again, we said we had to keep believing in that, and we got our rewards for it tonight. Dave Harley pulling the strings as well, a fantastic game. Yeah, you know, you know, there's we we believe in the players we've got here. Uh, we've, uh, you know, obviously as the coaches and management, we've got to gather the best out of them. Um, I think we've we've showed it in patches and games. I think for most of the game tonight, we showed it that what these guys can do, and if we can get the belief in those those players uh, and the rest of the squad as well, pushing to get in it because we've got fellas sat on the bench that are not happy as well. So that's part and parcel of it. So if we can get the players playing like we did tonight, hopefully we can go in the right direction. And Sean Barron, what a home debut from him! That save he made there in the second half, world class. Yeah, exactly. You know, he's, he's, you know, we we chose him tonight, um, and tonight he's, he's shown his worth. And as I said already, it's you know the competition for positions is great, and you know that saved the, uh, you know that's that's out of the top draw, like yeah. Yeah. And him and Hunty really pushing each other all the way. Is it kind of a horses to courses kind of thing, or? Yeah, and, and that's the same for everyone. You know, no one likes to be left out, and the manager has to make those choices. And it's hard decisions when you've got quality players there, and we have the players there. But as as we keep saying, the players the players pick themselves because if they come do the job on the pitch and come with the right attitude and the right mentality in training they're the fellas that are playing so you know and as we've seen tonight you know Pierce is out so we've had to make changes and and that's that's the part of football as well so you know I keep saying to them that they'll all get game time which they will for one reason or another and and most of the times they won't be my decisions things happen injuries suspensions and and unfortunately for us work as well you know Greg is missing because of work today like so that's another one so that's part and parcel of it we have to work around that and I thought tonight the fellas that came in have done excellent and what will that do for morale now heading forward there'll be a buzz in training especially ahead of Saturday night yeah exactly you know as, as we keep saying in the training that we're going in the right direction and we're doing well but until you actually do it on the pitch <laughs> yeah. and get your results and score the goals they don't believe you you know <laughs> so so tonight is the big tonic light you know and I said yeah, that does that does the whole place a good you know morale boost and hopefully we can push forward now onto Saturday and keep the momentum going a tough game against Longford yeah you know we've seen the results over the last few nights and everything that everyone's going to take points off one another so we're we're still in the mix as they say and we've still got a lot of tough games ahead of us Okay. and this is all like just so and then for like what kind of what, what kind of threats do you think they're going to pose to you on Saturday again you know like they're, they're coming here and they're, they're going to come the the I suppose the big one for us is that they've they've got a loss behind them now the last game so up until then they were in the they were pushing up the top end and you know the the loss for them you can look at it two ways it's advantage for us after tonight but then again they'll come with the you know with the mentality where we're not going to lose again like so we know what to expect with them we'll we'll be a bit on the training ground again on Thursday so we'll we'll look at it again we'll that is Stuart Ashton, the Cove Ramblers manager, speaking to Rory ahead of their game against Longford Town in the League of Ireland First Division this evening. Now we're going to turn our attentions to Douglas Hall because tomorrow sees Douglas Hall go in search of an FAI Youth Cup title. They take on Killarney Celtic in Mount Hawk Park in Tralee. Kickoff there is at 2pm. And Rory's been speaking to Hall boss Michael Nason. We're delighted. Um, the lads, it's been a long journey from... Um 
because we, we went to Ballingarry, then we had a home game against Letterkenny, which got cancelled. I don't know if you remember the bad weather way back at the start of the year. So we then had to travel away to Letterkenny, which is a seven and a half hour journey up. And then we went to Crumlin. Then we went to Bridge and uh, now we're going to Tralee. So it's uh, it's been a long journey and then COVID in the middle of that. So yeah, um, pretty amazing. That game against Crumlin as well, it was kind of a, a tough game for you in that like you lost the player, David DeBuff, to a, a kind of a broken ankle just uh, in that game. And there was a lengthy delay as well, which I suppose would have affected the lads, but they kind of show great resilience to, to get over that and push through. Yeah, I, I mean, look, if, if anything kind of signifies what group of fellas you have is, is that overall journey I referred to earlier. But I mean, you know, we went up to Crumlin and now with, with COVID conditions, you know, you're traveling four hours up on a bus wearing a mask, which isn't very comfortable. Um, when, when you're focused on a game, you get up there, you know, Crumlin are a very good side. We went to goal down and then we, we, we lost a player. Um, but, you know, we moved a few fellas around and uh, they got stuck in and got, you know, pretty tremendous result against a very good Dublin team. And how is David doing now? Is he all right or what's the prognosis? Or Yeah, I mean, he's recovering, but he, he obviously, he'd be at the final and, um, you know, he's he's a good vocal guy, so that, that'll be positive, but uh, it'll, be, it'll be another uh, probably two months before he's back playing football. You're on the road then again for the semi-final as well and kind of a, a comfortable enough enough win over Bridge United. 3-0 was the result there. Was it comfortable as the scoring suggests, sir? Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, you're away from home and Bridge had beaten Corinthians um, earlier in the National Cup, which was a surprise to me because um, Corinthians are a very, very strong team at our age group. Um, so you kind of, you know you're going away from home and it's going to be a challenge you know, started pretty tentatively um, and got a cracking goal um, from about 30 yards out. Got a second before half time, which is always um, a huge bonus and um, nervy enough second half, but then settled into it, made a few changes. And, uh, you know, 3-0 sounds comfortable, but anyone who knows soccer knows that, you know, a goal at any stage in the second half and it's a different game. But again, everybody was was solid, um, and the guys who came off the bench, you know, made a difference. So it's all about the squad. It certainly, is. and I imagine that squad is buzzing now as well after that result and getting to the final, uh, because it is such a massive achievement. How do you keep a lid on that now in training? How do you get fellas to, I suppose, keep their energy and keep their adrenaline? I suppose for the final now next week. Yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 keep it very simple. You know, in training, um, you know, we, we've been a challenge, as I'm sure everybody else has at the moment. The championship is on in hurling and football for minor levels. So we've we've got fellas on the panel who are playing Gaelic football and fellas who are in hurling. And uh, I was at a game last night um, where you're kind of watching the opposition and hoping some of them don't get hurt because they're, you know, they're going to be playing for you in the final. Um, so they're, they're kind of distractions you have to work around. But... They're they're a very level-headed bunch. I mean, they know, um, as does the management team, how important this is to the club. You know, to win a national title. Um, but you know, there's a big panel. And nobody nobody's guaranteed um, who's going to start. We like all teams and squads. We've got a couple of injuries, and um, you know, physio is working with a few people, and you're just hopeful that. You know, you you'll have um, people, and that they turn up on the day. I mean, Crumlin. 
with Crumlin was a very, very tough game and, you know, 4-2 in the end uh, probably might have flattered us a bit. Um, but you just don't know, I mean, Killarney will want this um, as much as us. So that's what it'll come down to, a bit of luck and who wants who wants it more. And you're on the road again, Michael, but I suppose considering your path to the final, you're well used to it now at this stage. Yeah, I mean, that's the joke um, that, you know, Maybe we're better off traveling, um, but you know it, it. It does take a little bit out of you because you know again you're you're wearing a mask, you're packing sandwiches, you're trying to make sure you stop at the right time for people to eat before before the game. Stay hydrated, you know, stay focused. Um, but look, they've they've done that. I mean that that trip to Letter Kenny, seven and a half hours, get to bed, get up, and play a game. Um, that was a huge test. And uh, they've continued to do that. So you kind of ask them to focus and mind themselves in the days running up to that, and, and they're doing it. And you know, back to your earlier question, they know that this this is just huge. Uh, that is um, Douglas Hall ahead of their game tomorrow. That's Rory speaking to Douglas Hall's boss, Michael Nason, ahead of the uh, Douglas Hall's game in the FBI Youth Cup final. Uh, they take on Clarny Celtic in Mount Hill Park and Tralee kickoff is at 2pm. So that's going to be a big one for Douglas Hall tomorrow as they go in search of the FBI Youth Cup title. Now, uh, before we hand you over to Stevie G, um, on the way with your Saturday night, uh, a load of tunes for your Saturday night if you're heading out. Uh, we're going to hear from Katie Taylor. Myself and Tomas were chatting about Katie Taylor earlier on at the top of the show because Katie Taylor meets Delphine Pursoon in a rematch match of their lightweight title contest tonight. Taylor Claim Pursoon's WBC lightweight belt by majority decision but it was a, a contentious decision and it was a contentious first meeting back in 2019. The rematch is part of Matchroom's final night of fight camp and Taylor is due in the ring in around 9.30 tonight. That's 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 kind of flexible always in boxing to us isn't it? Yeah exactly. <laughs> Depending on how the card goes. Big time yeah it could be 10 o'clock 11 o'clock you never know but um, look at least it's not going to be 2, 3 in the morning um, for, right. for Katie it's not, Taylor it's not like staying up to watch Conor McGregor or something when he's yeah, fighting over in Vegas exactly. uh, Katie Taylor's match tonight as well as followed by the main event of Dillian White and Alexander Povetkin uh, Taylor was talking about the rematch with BBC and we'll play some of that out of the audio now of Katie Taylor speaking ahead of tonight's fight this is a rematch that I wanted anyway I don't uh, feel like I need uh, any fight I, I did win the last fight regardless of what people say but these are the kind of fights that I absolutely love and that I absolutely want myself and um, I would love to clear any doubt on the Saturday night and I'd love to win a lot more convincingly but um, I don't really feel like it's something that I need but uh, these are the kind of fights that I love to be involved in. For me personally I still celebrate the win just like any other win and we went back to the hotel uh, with the team just like we normally do and we were celebrating a great victory, a hard fought victory and a very very tough fight. Um, I don't really take too much notice of what people are saying. Um, I think I've learned over the years who to listen to and I've got a fantastic team and a fantastic family and they're the only opinions that, are, that really matter to me. Um, but I, I was definitely disappointed with, with my performance on the night, but um, I wasn't disappointed with the result. I, I felt like it was a really hard for fall victory, but um, it definitely wasn't my best performance, and that's what I want to clear up on Saturday night. Yeah, that's Katie Taylor speaking ahead of her rematch with Delphine Pursoon in their lightweight title contest tonight. She sounds, as you said earlier, Tomas, like she's got a point to prove tonight. Yeah, you can hear it in her voice that even though she said she doesn't take any notice of anything <laughs> outside of her camp. She absolutely does. <laughs> exactly. I think it's human nature. We all listen to, to what people have to say and I suppose especially you know, anyone who's critical of you, that really kind of resonates and her obviously her she's big motivation to prove prove people wrong and those who, who who have said that she should have lost the fight that in fact she's a better fighter so you can tell that that she's 
certainly motivated and hopefully she gets to win tonight looking forward to watching that fight later on tonight in or around 9.30pm uh, just update you before we go on the latest football scores uh, there was a couple of games ongoing one in the League of Ireland Slugger Rovers have beaten Dundalk 3-1 uh, so Dundalk are struggling they sacked their manager Vinnie Perth the other night they're third in the table but they're nine points off leader Shamrock Rovers and seven points behind Bohemians in second and as we mentioned a lot of rumours that Robbie Keane is set to take over as the next Dundalk manager uh, we'll wait and see how that plays out during the week a few other names in the frame as well like Keith Long at Bohemians and Stephen O'Donnell at St Pat's uh, and the other game in Scotland as well Celtic are back in action um, there it's nearly 70 minutes on the clock there and it's still scoreless actually Dundee United nil, Celtic nil. Celtic need points as well they lie in 6th position in the table but they do have a couple of games at hand but as it stands they are 8 points behind Rangers who top the table there in Scotland uh, what do you reckon Tomas very quickly before we go uh, Munster and Leinster tonight you're, you're, you're thinking Mun- Leinster are just going to edge it yeah I probably edge towards Leinster just like I said the combinations and, and the, I suppose the experience they have playing together and the form they had pre-Covid but I suppose given the break you'll always give Munster a chance Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed it is Munster and uh, Tomas is back here tomorrow evening uh, with Rory actually tomorrow evening and uh, they'll be discussing the uh, the game and hopefully maybe a Munster victory. Hopefully you're wrong. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to be wrong. Once, once or twice before, have you? <laughs> Never. Never. Not, not too often. Uh, all right, that's us out of time. I'm back on air tomorrow afternoon from 2. Tomas is back here from 6 tomorrow evening along with Roar. Have a great Saturday night. Mr. Stevie G is on the way next. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Cork's Red FM.